everyone to the Unpopular Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Dr. Lawrence Van Beek. Ah, uh, how so official of you, young man. Well, we're touching on some stuff that's that's a little more difficult. So even though all we're going to do is mention it and then just go on as if it doesn't exist. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is important to somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. As a good, any good politician will do. Yeah, someone wrote their doctorate on this, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you said you wanted to lead us through. Oh something. yeah, let me start. Um, so we're going to start with with Ezra chapter four, but um, last week we talked a little bit about the Aramaic language. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're talking about Bible, you're talking three languages, right? Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek. Okay. And uh, Aramaic appears, you know, here and there a little bit in Daniel. A couple of Aramaic words in um, in the New Testament as well. You right. Know? Yeah. Um, but but where the Aramaic language came from, they think it it started with the Arameans, which which actually were the people of of the area around Syria. Syria was a part of the mm. Ar- the Aramean Empire at one time. Okay. So so they spoke Aramaic. Then, then for some reason, Assyria picked it up and it became the, the lingua franca. So that's the common language. That's what lingua franca means. And um, from the French, oddly enough. <laughs> so, so, um, so then they picked it up. Babylon used it sort of as a second language. Right. It was the okay. second language of Babylon. Remember, that's why I said last week it came from Babylon. Yeah. Um, and um, then Persia picked it up as well. Okay. And then for some reason, you would have thought that after Alexander the Great took over, that all of that would go away and Greek would have been the language mm-hmm. that everybody mm-hmm. spoke. But as it turned out, they started speaking Greek and Aramaic. <laughs> so when you get to the first century, um, everybody spoke Greek and Aramaic. And then with Ezra's time, they they kind of revamped Hebrew, right? Mm. And so they that the learned people in the New Testament time would have spoke Hebrew as well, or mm. or read it or something with with Hebrew. Aramaic had different characters, and it was a Semitic language, so some of the characters are very similar to Hebrew characters as well. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and there's but there's oddities like there's other there's other ways of writing it as well. There's mm. different fonts, shall we say? <laughs> oh, I like I like. Yeah. <laughs> well, well said, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's how Aramaic stayed all the way through, and um, it actually was the language of the people. So later on, they would say that that Aramaic might have been the earlier versions of some of the books that were written in the intertestamental period, and Hebrew was a later version. Okay. They would say Hebrew was a vorloch, and Aramaic was a grundschrift, or some of the terms they oh, use. Oh, look at you! You just. Pulling out the swords left, right, and center here. <laughs> oh, look at me throwing out that Dr. Van Beek stuff. Yeah. But, but, um, so anyway, so we're ready to start reading and, and, um, we can do, we can do the beginning of this. What we're going to find is that, that there's a, there's a great deal of confusion over the, of the names of the Persian kings in hmm. this part that we're going to read now. Yeah. It starts with Cyrus. In in the in the scripture that we're reading, it starts with Cyrus, and then it goes Xerxes, and then it talks about Arctic Xerxes, and um, people sometimes put uh, and Darius as well, mm-hmm. and they put Darius way way early, like about um, about four twenty three to four oh five, which is way before this, mm-hmm. and then some are saying, well, there was probably a Darius the first right. in five twenty two, right, and then a Darius the second in five in four twenty three was Darius the second. 
Yeah. And then they think, well, where, where did Xerxes come from? Well, Xerxes, we know really clearly. Um, and he was, you know, about, um, oh, I think he fought the Greeks in 480. Let's just say that. Okay. The the Persian War, you know, when with the Samaritans and, you know, the 300 and all that that we see yeah. movies of, that was around 480 BC mm, mm, mm. That, that all that stuff happened. And Artaxerxes is 486 to 465. So there's, so you see how there's, there's all this stuff kind of, it's hard to fit it all. Um, one of the turn, one of the people just think that, that the Persian guys just had more than one name. Yeah. And they okay. think Cambyasus and Smerdes, they might've been Xerxes. One of those guys might've been Xerxes as well. So when you're reading this, there, there is a confusion about dates because of the, of the um, confusion about the Persian names. Right. Okay. okay. So we're going to read it just the way it says, and then we're going to apply it to the Samaritans, which is the more important piece of this. Right. Okay. And okay. But just if anybody gets really interested, if you're doing a master's degree, you might want to go back and uh, and investigate all of this yet again yeah. and do another, uh, another degree. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, and folks, so I should warn you, I will completely butcher many of the names in this passage. I, I think that's why listeners listen. I oh, think yes. that's the, that might be the only thing they listen to us is to hear it, you do. The no, I, I think it's the utter wisdom they get from you. And <laughs> then secondarily, it's, you know, how I mispronounce names. But let's go on. Ezra 4, starting at verse 1. When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of families and said, let us help you build because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Esherhadon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, you have no part with us in building the temple of our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. And the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Yeah, so what I think is um, is this is a sort of a repeat of the of the uh, building of the temple, hmm. right? Because they in the in chapter three they talked about building the temple, you know, with the praising and the weeping at the same time and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, he's kind of come back to talk about that again. And some say this is probably more to do with the building of the walls, mm. right? However, when you get to the next chapter, you're gonna you're, they're gonna use Haggai. They're gonna talk about the prophet Haggai. Remember when we read uh -huh. Haggai? Uh -huh. Haggai said, "Stop building your houses. You be, need need to be building the temple." Right. And Haggai was right around this period too. Mm -hmm. So rather than get all confused with the dates, let's just say, let's just talk about what happened here. And it's mm -hmm. really, I it's really weird to me that he says the enemies of Benjamin and Judah heard that the exiles were building the temple and came and offered help. And I'm pretty sure when I studied this in school, um, because of the letter they're going to write in in just the next section, that that the Samaritans here. Were, were actually not being true and honest. Mm. Um, and because he calls them the enemies of Judah, right? Ezra calls them that. But remember the guy that, that I listened to, the Jewish guy that I listened to, who said he really thinks that, that Zerubbabel got this wrong and that they were really supposed to accept the Samaritans' help, mm. right? 
But then, you know, when I look at Jesus um, way later on, you know, hundreds yeah. of years after this, Jesus comes on the scene and talks to Samaritan woman and says, yeah, you guys don't know what you worship over here. And we do. Of course, then he helps her tremendously. And, and he actually goes through Samaria. And the Jewish people would walk. I think they'd walk 70 miles to go around Samaria just to not walk <laughs> through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like me with Calgary after that. that call. <laughs> and the guy from, guy from Edmonton said, you don't have to go through uh, Calgary, Larry. We will fly you over Calgary. <laughs> you have to go by. <laughs> <laughs> I will do anything but go into that town. And when they say to me, you know, what team do you vote for? I say, anybody that's playing Calgary. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but, oh. but it's the same kind of thing here. But, but this does lead you to think that, that they were actually enemies. Um, so I'm a little torn on how, how to take this. However, the letter that they write Xerxes um, later on, or right away now, will we'll, we'll set you straight. Okay. And you can read that in verse 6. All right, folks, picking it up at verse 6 now. At the beginning of the reign of Xerxes, they lodged an accusation against the people of Judah and Jerusalem. In the days of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Bishlam, Miradath, Tabil, and the rest of his associates wrote a letter to Artaxerxes. The letter was written in Aramaic script and in the Aramaic language. Rehum, 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 the commanding <laughs> officer, and Shim. Shai, Shimashai, the secretary wrote a letter against Shimshai is actually a Korean dish that, that they... yeah, that's right, that's right. I think I've had that. Um, uh, against Jerusalem to Artaxerxes, the king, as follows Rehum, the, the commanding officer, and Shimshai, the secretary, together with the rest of their associates, the judges, officials, and administrators over all the people from Persia, Uruk, and Babylon, the Elamites. Of Susa and uh, and the other people who were great and honorable, the <laughs> Ashurbanipal deported and settled them in the city of Samaria and elsewhere in Trans Euphrates. This is so you God. figure you figure our our political guys have nothing on these guys. Oh no! To, when it comes to shooting out the garbage, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you who hates you. And uh, <laughs> they're all these people. Uh, this is the copy of the letter they sent them. To King Artaxerxes, from your servants in the trans-Euphrates. Oh, that seems like it's following a formula. The king should know that the people who came up to us from you have gone to Jerusalem and are rebuilding that rebellious and wicked city. They are restoring the walls and repairing the foundations. Furthermore, the king should know that if this city is built and its walls are restored, no more taxes, tribute, or duty will be paid, and eventually the royal revenues will suffer. Now, since we are under obligation to the palace, and it is not proper for us to see the king dishonored, oh my word, they're laying it on, we are sending this message to inform the king so that a search may be made in the archives of your predecessors. In these records, you will find that this city is a rebellious city troublesome to kings and provinces, a place with a long history of sedition. That is why this city was destroyed. We inform the king that if this city is built and its walls are restored, you will be left with nothing in Chans or Fades. Yeah. So, so basically what they've done is they've gone back to, to before Babylon took over and said, look, at, look if you look in your records, you're going to find out how how divisive they were against Babylon. 
Yeah. Right. And yeah. Um, and th- and that was the whole point. And then Xerxes writes them back. Yeah. But he doesn't. Well, he, he gets his, his registrar. His, his registrar writes them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. The king sent this reply to Rayum, the commanding officer in Shimshai, the secretary, and the rest of the associates living in Samaria and elsewhere in Trans-Euphrates. Greetings. The letter you sent us has been read and translated in my presence. I issued an order and a search was made, and it is found that this city has a long history of revolt against kings and has been a place of rebellion and sedition. Jerusalem has had powerful kings rule over the whole of Trans-Euphrates. Taxes and tribute and duty were paid to them. Now issue an order to these men to stop so that the city will not be rebuilt until I so order. Be careful not to neglect this matter. Why let this threat grow to the detriment of the royal interests? As soon as the copy of the letter of King Xerxes was read to Raum and Shimshai, the secretary and their associates, well, that secretary must have been important, they went yes. immediately to the Jews in Jerusalem and compelled them by force to stop. Thus the work of thus the work on the house of house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of, of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Yeah, and that's where again they think that this is way too way too far in like this is 423. So they, there's real confusion over this. But the part that we get is that is that the Samaritans wrote a letter to the to king, right? Mm-hmm. In Persia. And the king wrote back and said, Oh man, yes, this is terrible what's going on. Jerusalem's an awful place. Why are we rebuilding it? So so they are able to stop the building. Mm-hmm. But now the Jewish guys are going to write a letter in the next chapter. Oh well. There you go. We're going to get to the next chapter because you have a lot you need to say. Like the letter pretty well says it. Yeah. Okay, so picking it up, we're now chapter five, starting at verse one. Now Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the prophet, the descendant of Idil, prophesied prophesied to the Jews in Jerusalem, in Judah and Jerusalem, in the name of the God of Israel, who was over them. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shittiel, <laughs> good glory, and Joshua, <laughs> son of Zadowak, set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them, supporting them. At that time, Tadnai, the governor of Trans-Euphrates. That sounds like something right out of Star Wars, doesn't it? Gosh, it just keeps going, too. Tadnai from Tadanui. From <laughs> and Shethar, Shethar Bozani, <laughs> Bozani. And their associates went to them and asked, who authorized you to rebuild this temple and to finish it? Also, they asked, what are the names of those who are constructing this building? But the eye of their God was watching over the elders of the Jews, and they were not stopped until a report could go to Darius, and his reply had been received. This is the copy of the letter that Tatnai, the governor of Trans-Euphrates, and the rest of the guys that I'm not going to say all over again, sent to King Darius. They report the report they sent him uh, sent him read as follows: King Darius, cordial greetings. Oh wow! Um, the king should know that we went to the district of Judah to the temple of a, of the great God. The people are building it with large stones and placing the timbers on the walls. The work is being carried on with diligence and is making rapid progress under their direction. We questioned the elders and asked them, "Who authorized you to rebuild this temple and finish it?" We also asked their names so that we could write down the names of their leaders for your information. The answer, this is the answer they gave us. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth. 
we are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, one that a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our ancestors angered the God of heaven, he gave them to the hands of Nebuchadnezzar the Chaldean, the king of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and deported the people to Babylon. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house of God. He even removed from the temple of Babylon the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem and brought to the temple in Babylon. Then King Cyrus gave them to a man named Shelzebar, who he had appointed governor. He told him, take these articles and go and deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem and, and rebuild the house of God on his this site, on its site. I'm getting there. <clears throat> so Shelzebar, Shelzebar, how do you say that, came and laid the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem. From that day to the present, it has been under construction, but is not yet finished. Now, if it pleases the king, let a search be made in the royal archives of Babylon to see if King Cyrus did in fact issue a decree to rebuild this house of God in Jerusalem. Then let the king send us his decision in this matter. So it kind of surprises you a little bit, because these are the guys from the Transjordan, right? If you go mm. back. Transjordan. Yeah. So tat tattooy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Trans-Euphrates and their associates, right? And they, they went to them and asked them why they finished. But the letter they sent was actually quite, um, um, it was a good letter. It actually gave, it said, they're saying that Cyrus allowed this. Can you check that out? Yeah. Like they're not saying, hey, you know, these guys are terrible. Like remember the first guys, Jerusalem's awful. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. And this this next group seems to say, why don't you see what Cyrus said? And then if you go to chapter six, he's going to he's going to come back and say, yeah, Cyrus did say it. Mm. Um, we can even go there if you want, because there's nothing more we need to say here, except that that it was um, it was surprisingly um, favorable. The, the letter they wrote, it wasn't mm. you need to stop this. It was. Can you tell us what's really going on? Yeah. What did Cyrus say? Yeah. And Darius goes back and looks. Right. Mm hmm. And actually hunts this thing down. All right. Yeah. So like Larry says, let's read chapter six because we're having a good time and I'm enjoying reading these really, really brutal names. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Anyway, no, I joke. I just, I just. Uh, chapter six, verse one, folks. King Darius then issued an order and then searched in the archive stored in the treasury at Babylon. A scroll was found in the citadel of Ekbatana in the province of Media. And this was written on it. Memorandum. <laughs> Memorandum? Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? Come on. You're killing me. Absolutely killing me. In the first year of King Cyrus, the king issued a decree concerning the temple of God in Jerusalem. Let the temple be rebuilt as a place to present sacrifices. Let its foundations be laid. It is to be 60 cubits high, 60 cubits wide, and with three courses of large stones and one of timbers. The costs are to be paid by the royal treasury. Also, the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and brought to Babylon, are to be returned to their places in the temple in Jerusalem. They are to be deposited in the house of God. <clears throat> now then, Tatnai, the governor of Trans-Euphrates, and Shethathar, <laughs> Sheth I can't say that if I wanted to, and Bazanai, 
Um, and the other officials of that province, stay away from there. Do not interfere with the work on this temple of God. Let the governor of the Jews and the Jewish elders rebuild this, this house of God on its site. Moreover, I decree that I decree what you are to do for these elders in of the Jews in construction of the house, in the construction of this house of God. Their expenses are to be fully paid out of the royal treasury with from the revenues of Trans Euphrates, so that the work will not stop. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, male lambs for burnt offerings to God, to the God of heaven, and wheat, salt, wine, and olive oil, as requested by the priests in Jerusalem must be given to them daily without fail, so that they may offer sacrifices pleasing to the God of heaven and pray for the well-being of the king and his sons. Furthermore, if I decree if anyone defies this edict, a beam is to be pulled from their house and they're to be impaled on it. Seems a bit harsh. And for this crime, their house is to be made a pile of rubble. May God, who has caused his name to dwell there, Overthrow any king or people who lifts his hands to change this decree or to destroy this temple in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have decreed it. Let it be carried out with diligence. So, not much needs to be said. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so these guys went went back to the to to the king and said, "Let us know what's going on." And he came back and said, "Yeah, it actually turns out we that Cyrus did say that." Yeah. So you better do it and um, use the money from the trans-Euphrates. Use your own money yeah, because that's the trans-Euphrates, right? Yeah. Um, that you were collecting and uh, and give it to them so that they can build this thing. Mm. Now, um, I, now, I don't know how much these guys were his enemies, This the governors and, of the trans-Euphrates, um, Tatanai and Shethar Bozanai. I don't know how much they were his enemies. Um the the Samaritans the Samaritans kind of wanted to be a part of it and then were mad and didn't want to be a part of any of it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But uh, but you know when when they when they brought it to the king, it's interesting that the king went. You know, one of my predecessors actually did say this, and we are going to stand by it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now you could also say, um, and probably it would be rightfully said that. Uh, that God said, no, no, I really want this to get done. <laughs> and the hand of the, the, you know, the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which we, we would, can... which we would believe uh, wholeheartedly in, right? Yeah. You, you and I would, you and I would say that is exactly what happened. Yeah. Right. And others would say, you know, the kings are just doing what kings do. They're, it's interesting that God is doing something, but there's this whole political background going mm -hmm. on. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, even in our day, when we're looking at politics and and world affairs, it's you can't always see the hand of God in this thing. Yeah, that's a good point, Larry. That's a really good point to think of that there's something else at work. I mean, God is using this a bit, and He's probably caused all. Well, no, we know He has caused all this. I shouldn't say probably. We know He's caused all this, but there's also political intrigue all around it too. Even. <laughs> Even Darius just trying to calm down just a just a people group that he doesn't want to have to fuss doesn't want to have to fuss with this area because he's probably fussing with some other area. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're 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 dealing with the Greeks. You know, you've got wars going on all over the place. You're annexing places. You, know, you got some little place called Jerusalem. You're like, ah, oh, for crying out loud, <laughs> get out yeah, of here. Later on, the Romans are going to say the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> get 
are these guys going to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting, right? There's that warning there that for any king or you know nation essentially that destroys this temple, something yep. bad's going to happen to it. Let me see. You know, Rome eventually does that, right? Yep. Yeah, they, Rome does, and um, now they're they're still they're still in their power days in those days. But uh, oh, anyway, we might as well complete the temple here. Okay, so verse thirteen, folks. Then, because of the decree of King that King Darius sent, Tanai, the governor of Trans Euphrates, yes, yes, and, 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 and his friend, yeah, <laughs> and his friend and their associates carried it out with diligence. So it wasn't like this anger thing. Like oh, I'm not doing it. No. So the elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah and Zechariah, Zechariah, the descendant of Idiom. They finished building the temple according to the command of God of it to the God of Israel and to the decrees of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, the kings of Persia. The temple was completed on the third day of the month of Adar, in the sixth year of the king of the reign of King Darius. Then all the people, the priests, the Levites and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. For the dedication of this house, they offered a hundred bulls, 200 rams, 400 male lambs, and a sin offering for all of Israel, 12 male goats, each one of them of the tribes of Israel. One for each of the tribes of Israel, sorry. And they installed the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their groups for the service of God at Jerusalem, according to what is written in the book of Moses. Yeah. And then they celebrated the Passover. So, And then finally, on the Passover. On the 14th day of the first month, the exiles celebrated the Passover. The priests and the Levites had purified themselves and works, all ceremonially clean. The Levites slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the exiles for their relatives, the priests, and for themselves. So the Israelites who had returned from the exile ate it, together with all who had separated themselves from the unclean practices of their Gentile neighbors in order to seek the Lord, the God of Israel. For and seven, again, yeah, okay. no, no. Don't for seven days they celebrated. For seven days they celebrated with joy, with joy, the festival of unleavened bread, because the Lord had lifted, had, sorry, the Lord had filled them with joy by changing the attitude of the king of Assyria, so that he assisted them in the work on the house of the house of God, the God of Israel. And it, see, that's where it sounds like what they did was the right thing. Like mm. they 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 put the Samaritans out. Um, you know, those that that intermarried with the people of the land, they said you need to leave your you need, you need to leave those families and and purify yourself before God. And it all sounds right, but that one author I read said it was all wrong. What they did mm. was all wrong. They should not have done that. And he was a Jewish guy. Like you know, it, it's it's really interesting to me because when I read it, it sounds like like this was what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And yet he says no. Um, so we so this this is the piece of Zerubbabel. This is the building of the temple. This is what Haggai the prophet um, had told them to do again, right? Mm -hmm. Was to come back and build the temple. And and in the next six uh, chapters, we're gonna we're gonna read about I think about Ezra coming in and um, setting up setting up proper proper worship practices again. Mm -hmm. um, he found a copy of the law and um, set things up. And we'll we'll talk about that next time, but yeah. it's it's just intriguing <laughs> that there was such a heavy political thing going on here. Yes, 
Yes. And, and it is kind of fun to read the letters and go, well, that's not much different than than politics today. Yeah, so true. So what do true. they call that when you're when you're doing politics with another country and you're the guy doing it? I, 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 you mean the diplomacy of it? Diplom the, yeah, the diplomats, the whole diplomacy thing. This is all diplomacy, isn't it? Mm, 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 mm. In, in some places, it's all battle, and here it's all diplomacy. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting that they knew what to sacrifice based on the Book of Moses, but they had not found the whole law at this point, right? They must have found just enough of the Levitical law. What I'm thinking is what they had would have been in Aramaic. Um, mm. They would have had, because it depends on what they did during the exile. Like, remember, we some we don't know for sure, but we kind of think that was the rise of the rabbi, you yeah. know, the traveling preacher, teacher that Jesus was later on. Yeah. And it was also the rise of the synagogue. You get if you can get 10 Jewish guys together, you can have a synagogue. Right. And they think that they must have had some of the some of the books with them. Hmm. Hmm. And it's, it's also possible over 70 years that they were in Aramaic and not in Hebrew. Okay. And what and what they think that Ezra found was was a Hebrew version, and mm. and that's why and because he found it in the temple, maybe that's what made it more special. Okay, I get you. You know, sounded like you. it's the first edition of of Mark Twain, rather than <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that, it's a Wayne Gretzky, it's a Wayne Gretzky rookie card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have a card when he played in the in the Western League or whatever it was, which is yeah. now probably a fortune. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe maybe it's that kind of a thing. Yeah, okay. but, uh, but anyway, this is this is God working in very normal circumstances. Yeah, yeah, God using God using the history, God being the history, and then all sorts of other things going on at the same time. But still, keeps calling us people. Do what I've told you to do. Be faithful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for that, my friend. Thank you. Thank um, you, Steve. Buddy, well done on leading us through that. Um, folks, we hope you enjoyed that. I mean, again, God's calling us to be faithful. God's using history. Things are happening. Like Larry said, things are happening today. We just don't, we don't see the context. We don't see how God is moving among us, but it doesn't mean he isn't. It just means we don't get it yet. Um, so thank you for that, buddy. Uh, folks, just to let you know, we will be off for two weeks as one of us is traveling. Uh, and it's not Larry, so it's me. I'm the guilty party this time. So, uh, But we'll be back in two weeks from today. So not next week, not the week after, but the week after that will be our next recording. We'll certainly look forward to being back with you then. And we'll continue on our journey with Ezra. So we'll be in Ezra 7. And uh, just thanks for joining us. We so appreciate the fact that you listen and love doing this for you. So until next time, I was Steve, he was Larry, and this was the Apocalypse Podcast.